Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Well, how are we feeling today, 11 o'clock? Are we... There's a little bit of a feisty, feisty atmosphere in here today, and I like it. I like what I'm picking up on. Hey, happy Mother's Day as well to all of our moms. Can we give it up for the moms here at Cornerstone? We love our moms at Cornerstone. Hey, I have, I have like a few little, these aren't even jokes. They're just like tweets and things I saw on Instagram that I thought were funny. And I was like, oh, I gotta share these sometimes. So they're all mom-related in honor of Mother's Day. So here we go. These, these are some of the things I wanted to share with you as we start off today. Um, this is a really important part of the sermon, by the way. You should be taking notes on these jokes. Okay, here, here's the first one. Do I work out? Well, if by work out you mean vacuuming the house while holding a toddler that doesn't want to be held but also doesn't want to be set down, then yes, I work out. <laughs> uh, let's see, what's the next one? Oh, this one's good. Uh, my kids have been watching Bluey. Does anyone watch Bluey? Any parents out there? There's my Bluey people. I love Bluey. My kids have been watching Bluey, and they've started saying, oh, biscuits, instead of, oh, crap, when something bad happens. So don't tell me screen time isn't beneficial. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, this one, this one is so good. No one lies more than a mom who says, we'll see. We ain't seeing nothing, right? Like we, we're not seeing a thing. <laughs> Uh, let's see, what's this one? This one is, um, uh, my kid just presented me and my husband Googled evidence that he should be allowed to go to bed an hour later than his current bedtime. I have never felt so betrayed by technology. <laughs> and here we go, last one, last one. This is, this is in honor of uh, our communications director here at Cornerstone, Jordan Sanchez. She's getting ready to have her and Pastor Donnie's first baby any day, any moment now, which is really exciting. So this one, this is, this is for you, Jordan. Uh, it's supposed to be like a conversation. So it's a nurse and a, uh, a new mom. So nurse handing me the newborn. You got this, mom. Me responding. I got this. Sometimes I have to dig through the trash to reread the instructions for macaroni and cheese. I got this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> A little relatable, right? A little relatable. But seriously, man, we love the moms here at Cornerstone. We're so thankful for all that you do, for the way that you impact and invest in our church, uh, not just in your kids, but in the church at large. It's amazing. And we are just so grateful and so thankful for you today. And we want to honor you today. I'm excited to see everybody here. We are in part two of our current series called The Verse After the Verse. The verse after the verse, uh, what we're doing in this teaching series, which, by the way, if you've ever wondered why we do teaching series, why we kind of break things down like this, it's because uh, obviously there's so much content in Scripture. <laughs> there's just, there's tons, and you can't really fill everything into one week. Honestly, we're, we're in a five-week series. We're not hitting nearly any of it in just five weeks. There's, there's so much stuff, but this is what we try to do. Every now and then we try to uh, compile uh, some stuff, put it into a few weeks so we can really build out on an idea. And the idea of the series that we're currently in, the verse after the verse is this, we all have our favorite Bible verses. Even, this is what I'll say, even if you're not really a, a, a Christian, you've probably heard ones that you're like, okay, yeah, I like that. Or even if you're new to faith and you don't really have one yet, chances are you've heard some here and there. You've heard John 3.16. You've heard the verse that we looked at last week, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ 
who, gives his, who pours his strength out on me. Uh, we have our favorite verses. We get them tattooed on our body. We put them in our bio on Instagram. We hang them on our walls in our house. We do all these things. We love these. But what we can sometimes forget is that there's a verse after the verse that, yes, powerful, yes, impactful. These verses are great. But whenever we isolate them, sometimes we miss the greater picture, the greater story that God's telling us through Scripture. Because I, I don't know if you know this, but verses weren't verses when they were written. <laughs> like Paul, James, they weren't writing a little tiny 12 next to it. They'd be like, okay, now we're going to separate this out. These things were just all together. And so whenever we read the fuller context, we see what's really going on, and we get the full depth, the full richness of what God is trying to tell us through his word. And so that's what we started off last week as we looked at Philippians 4:13, looking at the full context and the full truth behind the verse after the verse. Now, as we get ready to hop into today's verse, uh, I want to tie back to the jokes I was just telling, right? All those jokes about things just being hard and you're trying to wrangle the toddler and, you know, your, your kid is saying, oh, crap, and you're doing all these different things. And, and I don't know if you feel this way, moms. Let me know if you do. Do you ever feel like it's always something? <laughs> about to get shouted down. Amen, amen, yes. It's, it, it's, it's always something. It's just always something. It's one thing after another. And guys, you know this is true too. Like moms know it, guys know it. We, we know it's always something. Just this last week, whenever I was out, I needed to mow because even though my grass wasn't too crazy, the weeds were growing. Isn't that awesome whenever the weeds just grow super healthy and the grass is still really short? I love it. I love that. Um, so I'm out mowing, and as I'm mowing, I'm, I'm getting something taken off of my list. I'm eliminating a problem that's been bugging me that I need to get to. So I'm, I'm mowing, and I'm doing that, and as I'm doing that, I'm realizing, like, our whole front half of our lawn, just from getting walked on, and it's the most highly trafficked area, um, it's getting real patchy. Like, we really need, I, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, I need to get an aerator to, like, really dig this up, put some new seed down, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm going to do that. So I'm mowing, I'm like, okay, check. I'm going to get an aerator. I'm going to do this. So I'm still mowing, still out there. And as I'm mowing, I'm like, but well, wait a second. I aerate so I can put seeds down. What good are the seeds if I can't water them because my sprinkler, I've got like a few broken sprinkler heads that aren't working. Okay, item number two on the list. Get an aerator, rent it, and fix the sprinklers because I have to fix the sprinklers if I even want this to work, if I even want it to do any good. So I've got that on my list, so I keep mowing. I'm like, okay, aerator and sprinkler heads. And as I'm mowing, I'm in my backyard, and I keep having to like duck because we have some limbs on our tree that have gotten really, really low. I'm like, God, so frustrating. Okay, I'm gonna have to get the, the loppers out and cut a few of those off. I gotta trim some of those. Okay, so I need to aerate the lawn. I need to get the sprinklers fixed. I need to trim the, uh, the tree as well. There we go, and then, then I'll be good. And so then I'm getting close to being done. I'm getting ready to put it in the shed. It started raining, and it's, it started off light, but it's getting pretty hard at this point. So I put the mower in, close it. I'm like, whew, just in time. And as I'm going to turn to the house, I see, well, first I hear it. I hear tons of water just coming from one place from the gutter, like coming over the side. And I look and I can see, oh, we've got like a backed up gutter up there. I'm like, okay, I gotta get the extension ladder out so I can get up to that gutter to clear the leaves out. And I, get, I just get livid in this moment because I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I came out here to mow to cross something off of my list and instead I've added five new things to my list, right? Can anyone relate to this? It's always something. <laughs> like there's, 
There's just always a problem. There's always an issue. There's always something coming up, always something you have to deal with. And in the midst of that, if you're anything like me, whenever you just got problem after problem, issue after issue, task after task, you're like, I could just use some peace and quiet. Just, doesn't that sound nice? Like just right now, that sounds nice. It's quiet. It just, you could use that every now and then. Not an issue, not another mouth to feed, not another bell to answer, none of that kind of stuff. You're just like, I just need some peace and quiet, which leads us to the scripture that we're gonna be looking at today. This is, whenever you hear the reference, you might not instantly know what it is, but as soon as we start reading it, you're gonna be like, oh, okay, I've heard this before. This is from the book of Matthew. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 11. And we're gonna look at verse 28 and then the verse after the verse, 29. So this is what it says. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Is there any better scripture to read on Mother's Day? Can I get an amen from all the moms? Yes, I've been carrying a heavy burden. Yes, I need rest. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. But look at the verse after the verse. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus offers rest, and that sounds great. We're psyched when we read Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who are weary. You got a lot of burdens. I'm gonna give you rest. You're gonna be able to chill. It's gonna be great. Like, that's what we see in Matthew eleven twenty eight. And then we continue to verse 29, and Jesus says, I got a yoke for you. <laughs> Which if you don't know what a yoke is, it's, it's something that they would uh, put on cattle uh, in Jesus' time. They still do it in places today to help them, to enable them to carry out their work as part of agriculture, as part of farming. It's this device that they would put on cattle, this, this burden, this yoke that they would wear to enable them to do work. So whenever you read the verse after the verse, you're going, well, hold up, hold up. I thought you said rest. <laughs> that sounds like work. That sounds like more problems. That sounds like more stuff for me to do. I'm already doing enough. Like I need a break. I need some peace and quiet. What is this that you're offering me? And what I want us to know from the onset of today's sermon is this. Jesus offers us something better than a problem-free life. I think if we're honest, a lot of us, that may be why we came to faith to begin with. We had a problem and we wanted Jesus to address it. We, we had this issue, and we're like, take it away. We have this problem in this relationship. Fix it, Jesus. Take it away. Sever it from my life. Cut it off. Prune whatever you want. Just get it out of here. We come to Jesus because we want him to take away our problems, but Jesus offers something better than a problem-free life. He offers a peaceful life, and there is a massive difference between those two things. Do, do not get problem-free and peaceful confused. There is a huge difference between these things. Jesus offers a be something better than a problem-free life. He offers a peaceful life. I wanna let you know something. This might be a little bit of a downer, but the issues that you walked in here with today, the, the, the things that you brought in here today, the, uh, the frustrations and the anger and the obstacles and all these different things, chances are that 99% of those things are still going to be there when you walk out of service today. Happy Mother's Day. Aren't you encouraged in the Lord today, church? 
They're, they're still gonna be there. Who knows, maybe you've got some burden that you're, you're praying for in this moment and God will deliver you from it. That's incredible. But for a lot of us, 99% of the relationship issues we walked through those doors with today or we tuned in with today are still gonna be there after I say the blessing. They're still gonna be there. The frustration at work. Your boss, chances are, is not gonna get fired in the next 28 minutes. <laughs> We can, we, you can come to the altar, we can pray with you, we can see if that can happen, if God will do it again, but I, I wouldn't count on it, right? Like your boss is still gonna be there. Your neighbor is not gonna miraculously sell their house in the next 28 minutes. You're still gonna have to deal with them blowing leaves in your yard this fall. Like you're, you're still gonna have to deal with their stuff. Chances are your mother-in-law is still gonna be your mother-in-law in the next 27 minutes, right? Like, what, wherever your issue lies, wherever your frustration lies, wherever that problem is that you just keep on saying, oh, it's always something, it's just always something, chances are it's still going to be like that after the sermon's over. What I'm gonna say is not going to massively change that circumstance, but here's the thing. Your situation may be the same, but you can be different. Your situation can be just as hectic and just as wild and just as stress-inducing as it ever was when you leave this place, but you can be a different person as you face it. You can be a person who has the peace of God that passes all understanding manifesting in their life. You can be different. I can be different. What I want us to talk about today, if you're a sermon note taker, our uh, title for today is Peace in My Problems. Can you say that with me? Peace in my problems. We all want that. I want a piece of that peace. <laughs> That's what I want in my life. I wanna be able to look at my budget. I wanna be able to look at my relationships. I wanna be able to look at my house and my job and everything and be able to just have peace. That, that's the kind of thing that money can't buy. That's the kind of that feeling that you lay your head on the pillow at night and you just, you just feel at peace. We all want that, especially in the midst of our problems. We want peace in the middle of our storm and we think that's where Jesus comes in, right? I'm in the middle of a problem. Come take the problem, Jesus. <laughs> I'm in the middle of an issue. Come take the issue, Jesus. We, we, we come to him and he takes it from us, right? Because I mean, isn't that kind of the deal of faith? Isn't that the, the bargain that we signed up for? It's kind of a, a quid pro quo, this for that. Like, Jesus, I give you my soul and in return, you take away the stuff I don't like. <laughs> like you, you deal with the people and you change the people in my, my life that are causing me havoc and you change this person and that person and this situation. That can be where we kind of go with our belief, but it's, man, that's a, that's a quick way to frustration. If, if you came to faith for a quick fix, expect to be frustrated. Take that to the bank. You can expect that every single time. If you've come to faith, if you've come to Jesus and you're like, man, I, you know, X, Y, and Z aren't working for me, coming to you, Lord, and you're just expecting like an overnight success, a quick fix, you will be frustrated. One of the best definitions I've heard for frustration is whenever your expectation doesn't match up with reality. That's what it means to be frustrated, which is hopefully not what any mom is gonna experience in the next like hour after they get out of here and be like, this is what you planned for me for Mother's Day, right? I expected something else and reality is something different. We're frustrated when that happens. 
We feel frustrated. And it's no wonder you get frustrated by your faith when you come to faith expecting Jesus to just start taking away all of the issues, all the things that you don't wanna deal with, all the things that are too hard for you. If you expect that, if that's the kind of faith that you're expecting, you can expect to be frustrated. Again, I, I just love this dichotomy, the way that things shift from verse 28 to verse 29. Verse 28, come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, I'll give you rest, take my yoke upon you. <laughs> Boom, <laughs> right? Put, put this on, let me teach you, let, let, let me teach you your next steps. And I feel like what's happening right here in this moment is like, you know what? Just like temper your expectations for how problems are gonna change. Just bring that way down. I know I shared earlier in the year that I, uh, at the start of the year, me and my wife got uh, membership to the Akron Area YMCA. And so I've been going, I love it. But early in the year, whenever I first started going, like I'd been going for probably like a week and a half, not even two weeks yet, like a week and a half. And I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm like, I'm gonna step on the scale. Like this scale's about to be like, who's this guy? Like this dude, this, this can't be the same guy who stepped on the scale a week and a half ago, right? But that's, that's what I'm expecting. And then I step on, and I was severely disappointed. I'm like, this scale must be broken. Like, it must be, and my mirror, and that mirror. Like, this is wild. <laughs> this is happening, right? I, I was frustrated. And then after I gave it just a, a few moments, I'm like, dude, you, like, you didn't get to a place where you feel like you need to do this in a night. Like, this took, this took a time. <laughs> like, this was a process. And so if it's a process to get into it, it's gonna be a process to get out of it. There is no quick fix. And if you come into this expecting a quick fix, you're just going to get frustrated. If you came to Jesus and you're like, well, I got saved and I got baptized, why am I still experiencing problems? You're coming in with a complete wrong mindset. You're coming in with a mindset that's not biblical. You're coming in with a mindset that, that nothing in scripture would go, oh yeah, that's what you can expect. <laughs> We still have problems. We still have issues. It's always something. <laughs> if you come to faith expecting a quick fix, you are going to be frustrated. You're going to be disappointed because it's not a quick fix. In fact, can I, can I show you one more time? Look at verse 29. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. You, you, you have to learn this. You know, the whole more is caught than taught. Well, in this, in this situation, Jesus is saying, like, you, you need to learn. <laughs> like, this is, this is something you need to learn. You need to learn a new way of life. This is gonna take time. This is not something just in an instant. I save you in an instant. I sanctify you over, over time. I, I, I save you in a moment, but I show you my way and teach you my way over time. It's going to take time. If you expect the quick fix, you're gonna be angry and you're not gonna get what God wants to do in your life because the fact of the matter is peace, the peace that you want to have in your problems, the lasting peace that you can lay your head down on the pillow at night and go to sleep, that peace is a process. It's a process. God grows it in you. He develops it in you. And our thing is we have to trust God's process. We have to trust the process that he uses to develop peace in our life. If you want peace in your life, it comes by following Jesus' process, by following the way of Jesus in our life. You wanna have the kind of peace that he had, that's how you get it. My youngest son, Griffin, um, 
I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating the day he says this one word. You see, my dad, um, he grew up in Fritzlick, Indiana. Uh, and so in that area of the country, they had their own like little Christian curse words that they would say, right? Like the little Christian curse words. And so he would say things like buzzard bait. Like that would be like a ah, buzzard bait if his team loses. But the best one, the one that I loved is sow hugger. Sow hugger. I heard a yes. Sow, hug, like that's, it's a great one. It's a fantastic one. Feel free to use it. You can spread the word, spread the sow hugger gospel wherever you go. But I, I love it, sow hugger. It's, just, it's such a great word. And it's hilarious because it rubbed off on me. My dad would say it and now I say it. Like obviously just joking around, I say it whenever we're messing around the house and stuff like that. And so I am eagerly anticipating the day that my little Griffin says sow hugger for the first time. <laughs> because it's going to be hilarious. Like, it's just going to be hilarious hearing this little tiny guy saying sow hugger, and it's going to be like, oh, my, my dad lives on, right? Like, it's going to be this really fun little moment. And here's the thing. I'm not, like, I'm not actively trying to, like, indoctrinate him to say this, right? <laughs> I just know he's going to say it, though, because he's spending time with me. Like, we're always together, He's my little buddy, man. We're, we're rubbing shoulders 24-7. He's, he's with me all the time. We hang out, we play, we do all this different stuff. And so I know just by being around me, just the process of doing life with me, he's gonna start to be like me. My mannerisms, the way I, I can already see it. It's so funny. There's little things that I do. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm like very neat neck, like everything just a certain way. I close all the doors whenever we're done. Like if you're done in a room, close your door. Jessica is like, nope, open door. Just leave the doors open. Griffin is taking after me. It kills me. Like, they'll walk out of a room and he'll be like, mom, and go over and grab the door and pull it closed. I'm like, that's my boy. There we go. Like, he's, he is picking up on all of these things. And it's just by spending time with me. It's a process. I'm not, I'm not actively sitting him down saying, okay, learn this and learn that and learn this. He's just around me so much. He's picking all of this up it's a process. And the peace that God wants to instill in your heart, the peace that can, can, can help you stand up and help you to feel just at, even in the midst of the hardest circumstances, is a peace that is a process. It's something that you learn from spending time with Jesus, from putting your faith in Jesus, through trusting Jesus, not just in the big things, but in the small things and in the hard things and in the easy things and in the good times and in the bad times. Peace is a process and it takes time to develop. So I wanna ask you, you don't have to answer this out loud, obviously, but I do hope that you ask this in your head. What does your hanging out with Jesus look like? Because Griffin's picking these things up because he's spending time with me. What's your time looking like? Are you doing anything to intentionally be around Jesus? Are you doing anything to intentionally rub shoulders with your king? Are you doing anything like that? Man, read your Bible. Read your Bible. I, I, I want our church to be a place where you aren't coming here on Sunday to, to get fed, but you're coming here Sunday overflowing because you have been so close with Jesus all week that you come here and we're just ready to blow the roof off because of how grateful we are for what God's done throughout the week. Are you reading your Bible? Are you worshiping? Are, are, are you praying? Are you, are you doing the things? Are you walking in the way of Jesus? Because you cannot expect the peace of God if you're not in the proximity of God. So often that's what we want. We want God to give us his peace and he's like, well, where are you at? <laughs> 
I've been here. I've been wanting to give it to you. I've been more than happy to share it with you, but I, where are you? Come rub shoulders with me. Come hang out with me. Come spend time with me. And guess what? You'll just start to feel it. You'll start to see it manifest in your life. You'll start to see my peace take place in your life. Peace is a process. We've got to get in proximity to God and start rubbing shoulders with Jesus. That's how we get the kind of peace that lasts. Not the quick fix peace, the quality peace, the peace that lasts, the peace that passes all understanding. And isn't that what we want? That's, that's the kind of peace that we want, the true peace, the biblical peace, the peace that passes all understanding. Spe- speaking of which, this is, this is another interesting kind of thing that I want us to tease out as we're talking about problems and trying to find peace in the middle of them. Um, and what I want us to do, we're gonna get ready. We're gonna turn to Matthew chapter 14. So if you ever have a Bible, you can turn. If not, we'll have the scriptures up on the screen. But we're gonna be reading here in just a moment from Matthew 14. And as we do, I just wanna... Before we read, I want to lob this out here as just something for us to think on today. The problems that we're facing, the issues that we're up against, the things in our life that just feel so frustrating and just feel so, it's always something. I want us to take a moment to consider what if, just follow me, what if the problem that we're asking God to take away is actually an answer to our prayers? What if the thing that you came in here today praying and hoping, God, please take that away from me. Holy Spirit, just just remove this from my life. What if that very thing that you're praying for God to take away is actually God's answer to a previous prayer? All right, I want us to jump in. This is Matthew chapter 14. We're gonna start reading in verse 24. Jesus has just, uh, he's just taught the crowds. He's just uh, fed the crowds and uh, the feeding of the 5,000. And in this next moment, he's getting ready to go pray and his disciples get on a boat and they go out into the lake. And that's where we pick up in verse 24. It says this, meanwhile, while Jesus was on shore, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Now in this passage, we're gonna look at a few other uh, parts of this passage, but the part that I really want us to focus in on is the fact that the trouble Peter finds himself in, starting to sink, this issue, this problem that he's facing was an answered request that he had to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus didn't tell him, hey, get out of here, come on. Peter asked, Peter asked, he's, Lord, if it's you, can I come out and join you? Can I walk out on the water? Can I, can I do what you're doing? Can I come out too? Peter asks a request, God answers it, and then suddenly, help, help, help. <laughs> How often is that us? 
We pray for something, we ask God for something. God gives us an answer. He sends something our way, but we interpret it as a problem and start asking for God to take it away. Start asking God to say, get, get this problem out of here. Take this thing away from me. I don't wanna deal with this anymore. Moms, you prayed that God would give you patience. He gave you three kids. <laughs> like, Lord, I need your strength more than ever, right? You, you pray that God develops you. You pray that God changes you. you think about this. We, we pray things like, God, just make me more like Jesus. I just wanna be more like Jesus. I just wanna act more like Jesus. I just wanna love more like Jesus. Make me more like Jesus. And God says, okay, I'm sending you a cross. We're like, whoo, that's not, nope, that's, is there a return on this? Because that's not what, I wanted more like, mid-year one of ministry Jesus, when everyone's finding out about him. I want like the wedding at Cana Jesus. I want the wine and everything like that. I'm not, no, I don't want cross Jesus. I don't want whipped Jesus. I don't want beaten Jesus. No, 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 that's, that's not what I want. Sometimes the very things that we're asking God to take away are an answer to our prayers. Be very careful about what you ask God to take away out of your life. Be very careful to try to wish a whole period or a whole season out of your life because that season, that struggle, that problem very well could be God's answer to your prayer. You just don't realize it. And what he's wanting to use, our word for the year, pressure, what he's wanting to use is that problematic situation, the pressure that you're under to produce something supernatural in your life, to produce a peace that you can't even begin to comprehend or understand on your own. Be very careful what you try to pray away. The very thing that you prayed for God to take away could be the very thing that he wants to use to bring you peace. So what if the problem we're asking God to take away is actually an answer to our prayer? Or maybe this is the case. This is another way I want us to look at it. Um, what, if, what if the problem, and I'm gonna say it in you know, quotes, what if the problem that we're asking God to stop is actually God sent? So not even necessarily that we prayed for God to give us patience and he did this, or we prayed for God to make us more like Jesus and he did this, or we prayed for God to do X and he did Y. What if some of the things that we see as problems, we weren't even praying about, we weren't even asking about, uh, we just see it as a problem and God's saying, man, that's not a problem, that, that is, I, I sent that. <laughs> You're praying something away that you thought came from the enemy, I provided that. I sent that. I want us to look, I, I don't have the scriptures for the screen, but I just want us to read the two verses before where we picked up today in Matthew chapter 14. So Matthew 14, verse 24, we pick up, the disciples are on the boat, the wind's getting bad. The scripture says that the boat is getting beaten by the waves, beaten by the wind, but look at these oh so important verses that precede Matthew 20, or 14, verse 24. Look at this, verse 22 Immediately after this, immediately after Jesus speaking and feeding the 5,000, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Jesus insisted they get back on the boat. All right, fellas, come on, let's go. Hop on in, hop on in. No, the sky's fine. No, don't worry about it. Dark clouds, what are you talking about? I don't see any dark clouds. Go ahead and get on out there. There we go and cue storm, <laughs> cue the wind. 
Because remember, whenever we're talking about Jesus, we're not talking about just a normal teacher. We're not talking about a good guy, a moral person. We're talking about God incarnate. And so Jesus, in this moment, puts his disciples on a lake. In fact, Scripture makes the point of saying he insisted. He insisted they get on the water. He insisted they get back into the boat and cross to the other side. And once they hit the water, once they hit the middle, the wind and the waves start to come. The wind picks up, the boat starts to get beaten around. What if the problem that we ask God to stop is actually something that God sent? <laughs> Jesus sent his disciples in this boat into the middle of the lake where a storm picked up. What if the storm isn't really a problem in the way that we think it's a problem? What if your storm isn't a problem in the way that you traditionally think about problems? What if a storm is simply an opportunity for God to show up and show off? What if a storm is simply an opportunity for God to just say, hey, I just wanna remind you, I just wanna hit it home, I just wanna make sure you know your confidence rests in nothing else but me. Not your circumstance. Things were great on shore, wasn't it? Woo, man, we fed 5,000 people. That was awesome. There were so many people here. You're thinking, man, we're getting bigger and bigger. We're gonna be able to take over the Roman Empire here soon. We're gonna kick them out of Jerusalem. We're gonna do what we need to do. Things really good here in this moment. The circumstances are fantastic. And, and you can probably see me as your Lord when things are bright and sunny and there's 5,000 people but I wanna remind you that even whenever you're on the lake by yourself in the middle of a storm, I am still just as capable as I was on shore. You can place your confidence in me just as much as whenever we were on solid ground. I am still that good. I'm still that faithful. I can still give you peace. Not just peace here whenever it's nice. I can give you peace out in the middle of the storms of your life. What if the storm is an opportunity for God to show up and to show off. What if a storm is God saying, hey, I want to remind you where you're supposed to find your peace? Not in a person, not in your finances, not in your job, not in your, your, your house, not in anything else, no other name but my name alone. We have a, an incredible family here at Cornerstone who had to move out of state a few years back for work, uh, and they hated it. They hated that they had to do it because they love their church family here. Their actual blood family lives in the area too, and so they they hated that they had to leave, um, and, and they're still, man, they're still so connected here. Like, they, they still tithe to our church. They still attend online every chance they can get, and they're back in town. They're here, and they're attending. Um, just incredible, incredible people, and they've just been frustrated because they're like, man, it just, we want to be back. <laughs> like, the only reason we moved out was because of a job opportunity, and it just feels like this problem of trying to get an, a similar job to open up back home it's just not going away. And it just feels like it's here and it's frustrating, it's aggravating. It just feels like it's always something. Just whenever we think there's gonna be an opportunity, it's not. And, oh, but you know what? <laughs> in the middle of our frustration, in the middle of that storm, in the middle of this problem that we're dealing with, God's giving us peace. In fact, we, we've grown. This, this couple, I talk with them uh, on text. And I talk with them every time they're back in, in uh, person. They're like, man, we've, we've actually grown in so many ways. Our relationship's grown. Our family has grown. I mean, obviously things are hard because we miss our family. We miss our church family. But it's incredible that 
even in the midst of the stress, even in the midst of this problem, God is doing something and he is instilling peace in our lives. So that even though we're, we're checking, we're constantly checking for an opportunity to come back, even though that's the case, we have peace in the midst of the waiting. We have peace in the midst of the storm. That is the kind of peace you only get from God. That's a peace you only get from rubbing shoulders with Jesus, from being around him. Peace in the middle of our problems, peace in the middle of our storms. What if the problem that we're asking God to stop is actually God sent? My, my grandpa, James Mason, he always talked about this, um, this idea of God answering unrequested prayers. <laughs> I love this. My, he, he would talk about the fact that he's like, man, I, this is just before he passed away, he would talk about how he was so foolish whenever he was younger. He's like, man, in my 20s and in my 30s, even into my 40s, I just think about like the stuff that I was praying for not that it was bad, I mean, it was good. And some of it was like good and godly. He's like, but I just, so many things were short-sighted. So many things were just like, if I, if I could have gone back, I wouldn't have prayed for those same things over again. And he said, but what's so incredible is the fact that as I've gotten to the end of my life, and I look back at my life and go, this is what I would have prayed for. This is what I would have asked God for. I look back and I realize, you know what? God's answered all those things. The, the prayers I never knew to pray, the, the requests that I never even could verbalize, God answered them for me because he's that good. He, he, he sends things my way even whenever I'm not asking for them. My grandpa said, he's like, I, I think that's what it means whenever it talks about in Psalms that whenever you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart, not the desires of your mouth that you verbalize, but the desires that you don't even know that you don't even know that you need yet, the desires that are just deep and down there at an internal level, God answers even those for us, even the stuff that we don't know to ask for, even the stuff that, that we wouldn't call it an answer to prayer or an answer to, to what we need in our life because it looks like a problem. God can use all of these things, and he does use all of these things to produce peace in our lives, even in the midst of the problems that we face. God wants to do that for us, he wants to produce that peace in our life. And it takes only one thing, us putting our faith in him, us putting our trust in him. Let, let me put it this way, this is so huge, we only got a few minutes left, this is so huge, I really want you to get this. If you want peace in your life, hear me on this, the amount of peace in your life is exactly proportionate to the amount of faith you have in God. You want more peace in your life, true peace, put more faith in God. It doesn't get more applicable than that. If you, if you want to see in your life, man, how in the world, I see people who have peace in their relationships, peace in their finances, peace about world events, like how? <laughs> how do you do that? If you wanna raise your peace, raise your faith. The two are connected. Listen to this one more time uh, from Matthew 14, verse 30, but when Peter saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? The whole reason Peter ceased to experience peace in that moment was because his faith had dipped. The less faith, the less peace. The less trust, the less peace. They go together. They tie together. 
You do not get peace without faith in God. You do not get peace without putting on the yoke that Jesus offers and walking in his ways. Let me, let me make this even more applicable for you because a lot of this, whenever we talk at church, we can say things that it, it sounds good and it may preach good, but we're like, what does that even mean? Like, oh yeah, if I wanna have more peace, put more faith. What, what, what does it look like? What does it look like to have faith? Whenever we talk about putting our faith and our trust in Jesus, what we mean is coming into agreement with what he says. Living like he's Lord. Living like he's your king. That's what it means to have faith in Jesus. I trust in him. So what that means is if I wanna have more peace in my life, I need to live like Jesus is actually king. If I wanna experience more peace in my finances, I need to live like Jesus is actually king of my finances. If I wanna have more peace in my relationships, I need to live like Jesus is actually king over my relationships. I don't get to talk to people like that anymore. I don't get to be a jerk and just say, well, sorry, I just tell it like it is. I don't get to be that kind of person anymore because if I want peace, true, lasting peace, I need to have more faith. The amount of faith I have will determine the amount of peace that I experience. And as you do that, as you put your faith and your trust in Jesus, you will be able to have peace in full measure when you face the storms of life because let me tell you something, a storm is a coming. Tell the person next to you, a storm is coming. Batten down the hatches, grab the umbrella, do what you need to do because, because it's like we said at the start of the sermon. It's always something. There's always something. You, you may have just gotten out of a storm. Well, guess what? There are dark clouds ahead. Another one is coming. There's always gonna be issues. There's always gonna be problems. There's always gonna be things coming. But here's what's so beautiful about it. We can look at all those problems and stare them down as they're getting ready to just come our way one after the other. Look at them and say, but I have peace. I don't even know how bad this storm's gonna get. I don't even know what it's gonna look like. I don't even know how badly it's gonna mess up my boat. But I can have peace before it even starts. I can have peace in the middle of it. I can have peace about this whole situation because I've been putting my faith in Jesus. I've been acting like his word is actually true. I've been acting like he actually is Lord over all of creation. Because I've been doing that, I know whatever comes my way, I'm going to be okay. The storms in our life are nothing more than an opportunity to really put our, our, our money where our mouth is. To truly say, I don't just say I believe in Jesus, I'm actually living out that I have faith in him, I have confidence in him. You wanna know what it looks like whenever you actually live this out? Whenever you actually say, okay, Jesus, I have faith in you, and because I do, because I put faith in you, you give me peace even under the most insane circumstances. There, there's an awesome lady in our church who just passed away uh, this last week. Her name's Jamie Osborne, 41 years old, had a very aggressive, rare kind of cancer uh, that she had fought valiantly against for months on end, um, going way back into last year. Uh, just an incredible woman. Uh, her memorial service is coming up this Tuesday, and whenever I was talking with uh, her sister, uh, Don Winters, her and her husband, Rob, our ministry partners here at Cornerstone, I was talking with them, and we were just kind of getting prepped for uh, the service, and man, I've been talking with Jamie for months. We've been texting, and I've gone and visited her a bunch of times, and she's just such an incredible woman, and you could see every single time how God was just growing her, and how she kept putting her faith in God, and God was just rewarding it and giving her peace in different times. And so towards the end of her life, this is just like a, a, about a week ago, 
Towards the end of her life, Dawn, her sister, wanted to start getting some stuff memorialized just to be able to remember, just be able to like have. And so Dawn's taking a video of Jamie in the hospital, just talking with her and asking her questions and just, James, just tell me a little bit about your story. Just tell me a little bit about what's on your heart, what you think. I just, I just wanna make sure we have all this recorded. And Jamie in this moment, she's not a stupid woman. She's smart. She knows her prognosis. She knows she's got maybe a week left, if that, and it ended up being less than that. She, she knows she's on borrowed time at this moment, so she's sharing her story. But they get to this one part, and this is so stinking good. They get to the end of the video, and Don says, Jamie, what's one thing you would ask Jesus for if he was in the room right now? Like, if you could see him. We know he's here, but if you could, if, if suddenly he just, like, snapped and the veil kind of was torn where you could just see him in this moment, Jamie, what would you ask him for? Instantly, what I would think is a miracle. <laughs> like, fix me. Fix me. She's 41. She has kids who are still in school. My mind, I can't help but put myself in people's positions. Whenever I hear about things, I'm like, what if that was me? All, all that I could be thinking about, and at least as I dwell on it, I'm like, all I'm thinking about is the, the birthdays I'm missing, the weddings I'm missing, the events I'm missing, the grandchildren I'm like, it borderline is overwhelming. Even talking about now, I just, whoo, like that's, that's heavy stuff. That's heavy stuff. And in the midst of that storm, in the midst of that terrible situation, do you know what Jamie's answer was? What would I ask Jesus for? To be more like him. That was her response. To be more like Jesus. Where do you get a piece like that? Try really hard? Let me just try really, really hard to be really peaceful about the fact that I'm not gonna live to see my kids get married. Let me just try to be really peaceful about the fact that I'm not gonna be able to see uh, another Christmas or another holiday or another birthday. You do not develop that peace on your own. That kind of peace in that big of a problem, that comes from one place, that comes from one source, and it ain't you. You only get that by putting your faith and your trust in Jesus and actually living it out, not just verbalizing it with your mouth. Anybody can do that. Actually saying, I'm gonna live like Jesus is actually Lord. I'm gonna walk and talk and, and behave and be in my relationships and be at work and be in my finances and be at my house with my kids. I'm gonna do all of these things as if Jesus is actually trustworthy. I'm gonna live this out. And I promise you, as you do that, you'll experience what Jamie experienced, a peace that passes all understanding, even in the midst of your problems. Because this is the last thing, last thing, and then we'll close out. Faith is not meant to fix your problems. Faith is meant to teach you how to handle them. Faith is not meant to take away your problems. Faith is meant to show you how, how to live in the midst of them, how to handle them. I've used this illustration before. Whenever, whenever I go to work out at the gym, guess what? Every time I grab that 50-pound dumbbell, it weighs 50 pounds. Shocking, I know. Like, <laughs> news at nine tonight. Like, that's, that's, not, that's not, of course. Like, of course, it's gonna weigh 50 pounds every time. But guess what's happening? <laughs> that 50 pounds sure felt a heck of a lot heavier back in January than it does now. Back in January, that felt like, whoo, I'm curl this, like I'm about to throw my back out trying to pick this thing up. But now, after more time, 
after more work, after more process, that 50 pounds doesn't feel like 50 pounds anymore. You see, faith doesn't take the weight away. Faith doesn't magically, oh, it's not 50 anymore. It's suddenly 10. <laughs> oh, faith doesn't, no, actually the, the, the storm's calming down, guys. There's no storm anymore. Don't worry about the waves. They're, they're gonna dissipate. That's not how faith works. Faith says, yeah, it's 50 pounds and I'm gonna make you stronger every time you pick it up. Faith is, yeah, the storm is raging and it's gonna get worse and I'm gonna be with you in the midst of it. Did you notice that's what Jesus said? Let, let me just read this one last time. The storm is happening. The water is just all over the place. The wind is raging. Verse 27, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. The storm will probably blow over in five minutes and you'll be good. Is that what it, no, that's, that's not what it says. He says, don't worry, don't be afraid. Yeah, I know the storm's still going. It's, it's still gonna be going for a little bit, but I'm here. I'm here. And because of that, you can have peace. Not a problem-free life, not a problem-free faith, a peaceful faith. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.